what's the makeup of my sales and go-to-market strategy? One of my, that's one, okay? Um, number two is, is that, that, do I have the right people for that? This is the Outbound Sales No Fluff Podcast. This real, this raw, yeah, we hitting switches. Ain't no cutesy stories, no rants, no product pitches. This outbound sales prospecting at his best. Yeah, we hold it down from the east to the west. That's on the daily podcast every single day. So tune in, cause this is the way. Get epic cold calling, coaching moments. And see who wins, who bring that suspense. We interview straight from the experts. So get your knowledge up and put it to work. You get in the mix with the crew. Subscribe and leave a review, cause we serve it straight from the glass. It's the Outbound Sales No Fluff Podcast. A lot of different ways that sales organizations are created and, you know, this modern sales movement, the digital transformation that we're seeing is going to require more and more organizations to to, to uh, ensure that they have these the data, the capabilities, the tooling, the systems in place, where it's not just, I've got a bunch of people out in the field and dollars come in, but like, what does that infrastructure look like? And maybe there's ways to reorganize and repurpose how we think about go-to-market. And and one of the things that I think was really interesting in what you brought up was customer, mm. right? So so we talk a lot about the list, the list being your strategy, and um, when you don't have the numbers and you're not looking at margin and you're not looking at all these different things that you're talking about, customers are kind of like this magical unicorn, uh, <laughs> you know, along this, the magical horn of plenty. You know, it's like, hey, doesn't really matter if they want to pay, we'll work with a type like type of mindset. But the reality is, you know, even if you just understood the principle of that, all customers aren't created equally. We, we know that. Right. Some customers are hard to work with. Some are great to work with. Some that are great to work with don't make us money. Some that are hard work with us make us money. You know, wh- wh- where do you find that balance? And um, I- I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how you approach that conversation um, with, with your with your with your customers. Well, uh, if I'm a big proponent, uh, I'm certified in customer centered selling. As a matter of fact, I was a reseller of it, uh, done the solution selling kind of stuff. And the way to demonstrate it, now, it, you might have high transaction sales, right? Low, high transaction, low price point. So there, there's a different approach to those. But a way to demonstrate that you actually think that way is simply follow a consultative selling approach where you diagnose and prescribe. Diagnose uncovers not only the unmet needs, but what the financial implications are. Prescribe does the same thing. So, hey, we're not just telling you like these are the features. We're going, our features address those unmet needs. And as a result of that, the analytics will look like this versus that. Okay. Now, if we're doing that, then a customer realizes that, hey, we get business. Like we understand margin. We understand that, you know, it's a dollar impact. And the customers see that very quickly versus kind of the the person that goes in and says, discount close, right? Kind of look at that approach. Um, and so that's how, you know, frankly, simply put, that's how I would suggest people identify that way. And there are so many that don't. So are you saying, uh, just to kind of, what I'm hearing here is, if you're, 
if you're selling transactional discount close in a discount close environment, that's where you're winning deals. Uh, those customers are not great customers, which is kind of a basic thing versus uh, actually going through more of a consultative approach and, and getting people to understand that the impact of what your solution service, whatever might be driving, you know, has a an ROI or a margin baked into their business offering, you're going to have better customers. Is am I under, am I hearing that the right way? Or uh, I wouldn't you, call them. I wouldn't call them good or bad customers. Yeah. Um, you know, to um, to Jerry's point, the whole sassy marketplace, right? You know, SaaS marketplace. Um, you know, different customers. They're out there and different products. You know, years ago, I was a a. a and a VP of inside sales actually for a company whose average product price was two grand. Okay. That was high transaction. You weren't negotiating margin. You were negotiating licenses. Right. Mm -hmm. And they knew it. We knew it. Um, and so in that case, there was discount, right? So you go, well, you give me this, I'll give you that. Those customers, if my business model does that, then those are my customers. But the higher price point you get, or the kind of the longer price point, the subscription, for example, that's when you start looking at more margin. Like Mm -hmm. the previous one I just described, that's volume, you make your money that way with low margin, right? The one I just described like that is more, hey, our deals are bigger, our deals are 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand. And so we need to negotiate. We need to show value, right? We need to show them that if they cut the check, they're going to get from. So I don't think there's good or bad. I just think it's kind of the product that you sell. So at the end of the day, it's not the the customer is a part of this, but the the reality is is you got You've just got to know your numbers, right? You have right. to understand, you know, where that line is drawn in the sand to ensure that you're not losing money on deals. I, we're in business. This is not a nonprofit. We're uh, we're not charity, right? Exactly. Right. We've got to make money to keep the lights on, and uh, uh, that conversation I think is missed, especially right now in the pandemic. Are you going back to the 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 customer again? Yeah. Buyers today have shifted. Uh, what are, what are you seeing there? Right? Because I've I've heard it on my side. Like, hey, it's the pandemic. Can you help me? Can you sharpen your pencil? I mean, I, I would make the argument the other way around, like, well, hey, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it is a pandemic. We've got to make sure that we're, uh, you know, we're more, we're actually even more sensitive to these things on, on both sides of the table, right? Um, if the value's there, this shouldn't be an issue. Price, price is that it shouldn't be an issue, right? We're not talking about price. We've diagnosed and prescribed the solution that solves the problem at a fair market rate, right? Uh, how do you look at that? Um, do you have any ideas? Or have you have you thought about that 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 question? Um, is it coming up with your customers? So think about this. As much as our you know the the sales teams that we're focused on are experiencing significant disruptions, so are the customers, right? Mm-hmm. And for example, what's happening to them? And I'll just use something very simple. They had a procurement uh, procurement process where the process was very straightforward. Everybody was in an office. They'd walk down the hall. They'd sort it out. They, you know, hey, we got to cut this contract. Sign it, please. Okay, move the clock forward. Your CFO is working in one place. Your COO is working in another. Your VP, you know, you start going down the line, and our customers have to go through an entirely different process everywhere. 
right? So if you look at what you're selling, there are so many value pockets, right? There are so many rub spots in that entire process for them. And somebody sells a product somewhere in there. So at that point, whoever sells a product in there, in their process that's broken, which you have to find out, that's where you come up with the value. Hey, you know what? You're trying to communicate. You need a better process by which you can communicate online, right? You need a better process by which you can pass analytics and contracts, right? Well, we sell that. And then you kind of go to value. I mean, there's huge, they're going through so much pain and struggle. They might be at the end of the year and not even know what they're supposed to do, right? When they get pushed. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting world. So so you know, you go into the 2021 piece. What are some of the things that uh, those who are listening to your message, right? If I if I'm starting with you today, um, uh, what are the biggest hurdles or roadblocks that they're saying to you? You know, their concerns, not not what you would prescribe, but what are they saying they're struggling with today? So number one is, is what does my organization look like in the future, right? So I had to deal with the hand I was dealt for 2020, right? It's just, I can't suddenly transform and change my organization. But what I'm hearing is that, okay, now I'm going into 2021. What am I supposed to look like? What's the makeup of my sales and go-to-market strategy? What am I, that's one, okay? Um, Number two is, is that, do I have the right people for that, right? If I'm doing this, okay, the other one, okay, is what's my customer acquisition process look like? You know, hey, we found out it was a little tough last year. What does it look like this year? I have to know that so that I can align my acquisition process to theirs, which is a huge one, right? Those are really, really big. You know, your sales training, there's going to be that no matter what. Your tools and technology, there's going to be that no matter what. I mean, what these guys want to know is, what is my organization supposed to look like in 2021? And then I can build everything from there, right? That's a big struggle for everybody. Yeah, I think think that's quite interesting. So it's almost like demand planning for your people as much as your demand planning with your capability, right? So how do they intersect with the strategy? Are they even capable? I reread the hard things about doing hard things the other day. Um, Brilliant book. And, you know, I think one of my key lessons was that your legacy sales force for where you are today as a business right now, probably not going to be the business and the people you need in your pivot. You know, and that lesson about sort of taking the business from hardware to software and finding the right sales leadership and the right people to drive software and intangible value versus physical product value was an absolute game changer to how they were able to go on to exit the company. And I don't think a lot of people feel that way. I think they just think your salespeople are your salespeople and they can deliver regardless of the legacy or heritage that they have inside of that company. Those disciplines of demand planning and capability planning that come out of operations they cut across into selling so elegantly, but I just don't think we utilize them or research them well enough to figure out their value. Would you agree? Yes. As a matter of fact, this is real interesting. One of the clients I just, somebody I just worked with was uh, a company that provided uh, business intelligence. So they were a an analytical tool that sat within the CRM system, which in this case, Salesforce. 
And so since it was such an analytic tool, they ran an analytic business. And as a result of that, RevOps was always involved. They appreciated the fact that data and RevOps could help analyze it. Not every company looks like it, but this company, um, and it, it, they're, they're just so, so good. The company's Insight Squared, and they really have a data-driven philosophy with some really smart people there, um, you know, kind of a, a model, right? They practice what they preach. That's cool. Yeah, I, I like those guys, and I'm a big fan of their first-time CRO, uh, Zorian Rotenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a guy whose content I follow slavishly. Interesting, didn't start as a sales guy. He was an analyst and an investment banker prior to jumping into software. So I think his level of understanding in terms of Excel, numbers, spreadsheet, capacity planning, and he's doing a big SDR piece at the moment. And I looked at the model with him and I was just blown away at the level of detail right down to the minute, which is amazing. Absolutely, and the CEO, uh, extremely analytical, right? Uh, you know, Fred just, uh, of course, he's, I think it was either MIT or Harvard, brilliant guy um, for his MBA. And he saw, hey, look, people aren't getting this information. So he built spreadsheets, spreadsheets with just pages and lines and macros because he said you can't run a business without data and you're not getting it. So, um, yeah, I was, they're a great company, a good model. That's, this is so important, I tell you that. Salesforce is willing to spend a couple billion dollars on a company called Tableau, which is an analytical tool. So if Salesforce sees that that significantly, you can bet everybody should be. Deck of corns eating unicorns, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the world of the roll-up these days. Yeah. So... Uh, I think that that's a great transition to to land the plane here, and uh, uh, you know the insights you brought today are are really, really great, timely, and uh, really appreciate your time today, uh, Tom. If folks want to reach out to you, learn about their growth zone, uh, get in touch with you, what, what's the best way for folks to get get a hold of you? So the you know the company URL is you know www.salesgrowthzone.com right pretty straightforward um, we have a contact form on the site but um, feel free to reach out to me directly my cell is 978-360-6670 my LinkedIn is my last name Tom Morrill um, and my email is tmorrill at the sales growth zone right so it's a unique name that's how you can get a hold of me uh, we will respond in no more than 20 hours 24 hours Nice, you put an SLA in there, so people are going to test Absolutely. me. Absolutely. You know what? <laughs> Have to do it. Not I love it. That. No, yeah. all channels are open. You choose yeah. it. I'll respond in 24 hours. That's uh, that's the way to do it. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, have a wonderful rest of the week, and good luck as you uh, as you enter into uh, 2021. It sounds like you're doing some fun stuff. Thanks you guys as well. Thank you for having me, and for both of you, stay healthy. <laughs>